cheddar bacon jam. Yeah, and here we go. Okay, this is Bar Crow Radio, and we're all uh, here up in uh, Manhattan, Upper West Side Manhattan. And um, what what restaurant are we at? This is different. We're at Five Napkins. Yeah, we're, we're at a restaurant. It's also a bar. Yes, we're set up is. here at the bar it's at Five Napkins. Bar. I love this bar. On, and we and we come here often. We do. It's a neighborhood restaurant. It truly right. is. We want to really treat ourselves to a good hamburger. We come to Five Napkins. Yep. And we have. And uh, we sit at the bar. And that's what uh, we do. I have a beer. I have an IPA. And I have a martini. I'm having a nice one from Montauk, and you're having a. I'm having a Grey Goose martini. Great, Grey Goose no martini. No vermouth. What is the point of vermouth? And, and olives on the side. I don't want any. I don't want the vodka sullied. How are the olives here? Because olives you know, are not always good. You know, no, not anymore. Because now I like those. I can't say it. Castle Livetrano. Castle Toronto olives, yeah. right? Which we get at Fairway. And you get them everywhere now because they're so popular. Right. And, and you know the one bar that has them. The one restaurant that had them was that the one up in um, where we were this weekend in uh, Hudson. Oh. Um, I forget the name of the restaurant. Oh, you weren't there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Hudson. Hudson. I <laughs> you thought, weren't there. It's like I'm getting older. It's like she said I was there. <laughs> I, I guess I was there. Oh, no. No, no, good. No. I wasn't there. Tuli and Kren and Jackie and Kenny and I were looking at a wedding venue. And, yeah, for um, all you uh, bar crawl regulars, those are, that's our family. <laughs> that's our family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we went, I took them out to dinner afterwards and it was very nice. Right, and I, they I, had Castle of Vetrano, I, mean, I know I'm saying it wrong, but Castle they had those. Castle of Vetrano. Castle of Vetrano. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Olives, if you haven't tried them, they're very good. They're, they're very, very green, buttery. buttery. Yes. And like they're super green, like grass green. Almost. Well, they're not too salty. They're 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 they're, they're really good. They're a little good. less salty, but you know whatever. Right. So so um, we come here to um, Five Napkins quite often, and I, I just noticed this time as we were getting ready to come to turn on the, the the recorder, I went to the bathroom, and I went down to the bathroom. You just noticed. And I just I just noticed how nice the lighting is there when In you're the standing at the urinal. <laughs> They've I'll have got, to take a look. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll bring you down. I'll give you a tour. Well, they, they've go got ahead. a mirror right there at the urinal. So you can see yourself? So you can watch yourself as you're, as you're pissing. You know, they don't have that in the girl's stall. Well, where would they put the mirror? Because you sit they down. They put it on the door. Yeah. But I don't think I'd want to look at myself I'll, I'll tell you, in but, that position. But I was looking at the mirror. But you didn't and mind I looked, looking at yourself. I look really good. Oh, you looked good. The oh, lighting yeah. was really good. It was like this, this upper kind of highlighting in my hair and yeah. I look really good but then when I went to wash my hands yeah. it was like horror show oh no the lighting changed all it of a sudden it makes a big difference and all of a sudden I looked like this kind of I don't even describe what I saw it was awful it was like in a Seinfeld episode <laughs> this woman looks really good in one light yeah exactly and then she looks like a horror queen right 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 yeah in, in another yeah. light yeah. So uh, everyone, check out if you're a male, check out or female, check out the bathroom at Five Napkins. Nice lighting. But you have to be standing at the urinal. You have to be standing at the urinal. Not you where you be, wash your hands. And you have to be about six foot two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're five foot six, you're going to be staring at tile. And you might not look as good. I, you're not going to look at anything because <laughs> the mirror is up too high. Wait, why? Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's 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 up for six foot tours. Kind of prejudicial against short people. Yeah, yeah. 
So we're we're going to uh, we're doing this intro to Bar Crawl Radio number twenty-two. Okay, no, but you know, just talking about the bathrooms reminded yeah. me of the Madonna Inn. The Madonna ah. Inn in California, they have for at the urinal for men, they have a waterfall. And how would you know that? Because women regularly go on tours of the men's bathroom there. No, I that's think, a thing. I think they went on a tour when I was in there pissing. <laughs> no, they check it out first. They send a guy in. They, they were checking it. me out. No, no, They no, were no. checking me out, <laughs> and they were not satisfied. They were not satisfied. They all came in. It was about five of them, and it's like they each held up a number. It was like two, four. The highest I got was 4.2. Yeah, and then they Honey, waited for the, they waited for that's the next an guy. To me. Oh, don't say that. It's oh. not true, ladies. No, they were actually He's eights. Under there were eights, nines, and tens. Okay, right now tell the truth. I was truth. just making a joke, you know. <laughs> the truth was they were mostly tens. What's that? What's that biblical? Um, you were tested and found wanting, or you were measured and found wanting. Yeah. It's well, I was so, found. My so shake. Pithy. My shake got a five. <laughs> Stream got an 8.5. This is a disgusting conversation. Yeah, yeah. Can we move on to your... I'm sorry I, I'm you, sorry you, I belabored you brought, it. I'm you sorry up, I continued it. You it's brought up the Madonna and I didn't. My fault. Yeah, but yeah. You, you took it to that place that you always do. I will. You <sighs> talk about bathrooms. Okay. T- today we're going to be talking to Richard Fife. Yes. Who is the, who is the campaign manager for Robert Jackson. Now, all of you out there in Bar Crawl Radio Land... Who is Robert Jackson? Come on, you know who it is? You don't know who it is? Um, a lot of them do, I'm a lo- sure. A lot of them a do. A lot of right. our friends do. A lot of them thought of what it is. He um, won the um, Dem- Democratic primary for the um, senatorial Senate, race. Senatorial for a state race. senatorial race. For the yeah. Democratic primary exactly. for the east, for the west side of Manhattan. And we're getting rid of those, what are they called? D I. Uh, IDCs. IDCs. Independent. Uh, Independent congr- de- Democratic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, IDC. Well, that, 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 that all voted Republican. And we're going to talk to Richard Fife uh, about that. Yes. Who had got who uh, got Robert Jackson in, and um, so he this is happening actually before the the elections that are coming up in right. November. Right. And so hopefully Robert Jackson will be will be voted in, well, and you'll hear all about the IDC from Richard Fife. Right. Now, in fact, in fact, we um, have already recorded that. We have. So we're, to be we're, honest. we're sitting about two weeks after that recording. And we're, we're crawling in a bar. We are, well, we're sitting in a bar. Right. So this is kind of like a time machine. We've gone into the future. Yes. And then when you hear Richard Fight, that's into the past. But it's going to be in the future. Everything's going to be in the future. Well, for us now, because when people are listening to it, it's going to be in the future, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, it is now. It's in the future yeah. now. So what I was going to say was when we were speaking with Richard Fife, the campaign manager of Robert Jackson, yes. the winner of the Democratic primary for the Senate, right. West Side of Manhattan, right. um, someone knocked on the window while we were doing the podcast. Yes. And you may, you may hear it when you listen to I our... I didn't recognize her, but you kind of did. I kind of did. And then afterwards, Richard said, you know, that was Linda Rosenthal. Right, right. Yeah, she was saying hi to him. She was waving to him. And right. we said, oh, you have a fan. And he yeah. was kind of mum about it until afterwards. Right. He but was Linda embarrassed that we didn't know who she was. In this case, anyone doesn't know, Linda Rosenthal is the assembly member for the uh, part of Manhattan that we're in. Right. And she has her office right next to Gephardt. Gephardt. So we have to, we got to go stalk her and get so her on the I, show. So I, I, um, I wrote her. Yes. Nothing. 
Nothing. Keep, you got to keep doing it. Keep writing. Yeah, Linda Rosenthal and Helen Rosenthal used to come on our show regularly. Right. They're and busy. I'm getting nothing from them. You Bubkiss. just have to keep doing it. Keep doing Bubkiss. it. Helen, where are you? Keep Linda. going. Keep, keep asking. We'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep working Be on persistent. them. Be persistent. What it made me think of was that how Manhattan is a really huge place, but we keep bumping into people that we know. Yes. I mean, or for instance, uh -huh. a huge place. Right. I just got done with my lovely game of lawn bowling right. on Sunday. Right. I was going through Penn Station on my way home, uh -huh. and who did I run into but my long lost lawn bowling buddy, Joe Gioco. Oh, and Lara how is Lou. Joe? You went into both of them? Yeah, they were how on their they? they're on their way to Spain. <gasps> wow. They're going to Spain, they're going to Berlin. Nice. They're going, I don't know where they're going. They're going wow. all over the place. But I ran into Joe Gioco in Penn Station. Do you know how many people are in Penn Station? Yeah, right. I mean I I'm yeah. I'm I'm running to you know to I get on my bike. I hope they didn't miss their train. No, 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 Joe. No, they're not going to miss. That's it. nice. Yeah, they're, they're going to the train to go to the plane, and they're going to. We the have Spain. to invite them over. The train to the plane to Spain. Oh wow. Does the rain in Spain fall mainly on the train? I don't know. So I mean, I was thinking about how you run into people. Yeah, I know. In in the city, and it's so huge, but yet we have this this community here. Yes, and you run into people that you haven't seen in years. And yeah, okay. exactly. Have you run into anyone lately that you haven't seen in years? No. I, you know what though, but you know what the funny thing is, is that sometimes I'll see people not that I haven't seen in years, but that I, or maybe that I have seen in, have, maybe that I have not seen in years. Maybe it's true. And I won't say hi to them sometimes. Okay, that was that was one of the topics I wanted to okay. talk about. Okay, I think it's 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 like a mutual agreement. You were yeah. acquaintances, right? You maybe you know it's more like your husband's friend than your friend, and you're on your way somewhere. This is New York City. You're in a hurry. You have Listen, to get there. You're always on your way somewhere in New York City, and you're always in a hurry because it takes even, so long to get there. Even if you're going to the bathroom. And I'm just going to another part of my town where I live, and it takes me 40 minutes to get there to work. Yeah, well, yeah. If you're going to the bathroom, okay. That's you're in a hurry. We're not going back there, honey. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that it was good memories. You kind of mutually have this agreement good that light. you're not going to acknowledge each other, and you feel badly about it. I feel badly. I think, oh, I'm such a b i t c h. I didn't say hi to them, and then I go, wait a minute. They didn't say they, hi to you. Exactly. So you didn't say hi to them. And so I go, okay, we both agreed. We'll see each other at a party sometime. How does that happen? How does two human beings who see each other, obviously you saw each other, you made that contact, and you decided instantaneously yeah, yeah. that you were not going to say hello because right, you just didn't right, have time. Right. I could name some people, and I could say to you, if you saw them in the street, you know, what would you do? I could say some names of people, and you'd go... I'd pretend like I didn't see them, and, say, and they would pretend like they didn't see you, too. We, it just happened to us uh, um, um, about a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah? We, we, we saw um, we friends, of, friends of our daughter, the parents, I'm not naming names. We did? Yes. You did. I don't think I did. The BHers. No, I know. Okay. I think I know who you I'm not, mean. I'm not, yeah. But I don't think I saw them. I think you saw them. Maybe I did see them. And it's like we decided 
to not go over and say hello because there's been water under the bridge. I think you were we were in a car too. We were driving by. So oh, maybe <laughs> I just remember this happening, and we decided we weren't going to talk to them because we've had some issues. Yeah, we kind of talked about it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 That's that's kind of different though. I'm talking about people that you don't have any issues with. You just no, you're just acquaintances. You're, right, you're, but, you're but friendly. We, but look, we've lived a life and we have issues with certain people. Okay. Some people, believe it or not, do not like me. Or me. Or or you. Yeah. I, I like you. You like me yeah, most no, of the time. I've had, that, I've had that a lot in my life where people didn't like me. And then they get to know me and they actually do like me. Right. They find out you're just a terrific person. Well, and, or and whatever. Then, and people get to know me and they say, well, now I know why I don't like you. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's pretty so clear. So true, Alan. I You're think it's very true. Person. It's very true. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was, I was thinking this. Okay. We have this radio thing we do. This yeah. podcast thing we oh, do. Oh, you want to invite them on the show? No, 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 no. I, no. People that I don't want to talk to, no. <laughs> but it seems to me there is a money stream. We here. could do it. Oh wow! Really? We can now make money at not liking people. I, th- I thought of two ways we can make money out of Something things we that like we know it, about you know. people. Who do not want to be mentioned on the show? Uh, this sounds kind of a little bit All right, there's, so there's, weird. There's B and H. I'm not naming them. You know who you are. Okay. I'm not naming them, but if we were to name them and say what what they did, you oh. know, and we said like, you know, we have this on tape. Are you talking about blackmail? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. You're going off on a tangent. You're going on a str- strange, crazy tangent. I know. Tangent. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to make money on this thing because it's you like, want you know, to make money on bar already. We, we keep going out to <laughs> bars, and you buy these expensive martinis. Oh wow! And so we could set ourselves up as we could. Oh wow! Well, I mean, going out tonight, we're going to get we'll one hamburger. We'll just send little notes out to people. It's going to cost me sixty bucks. If you don't want us to talk about you and what you did to us on our radio show, you better pay up. Pay up, and I'm not asking for a lot. You know. $10. Or, you know, pay, so pay for our meal. So pay for the drinks. So sleazy. It's sleazy, isn't it? Very sleazy. I, you know, oh. I kind of, I don't know. I don't like it. So um, we, we wanted to talk to uh, Lynn, who's the bartender here. Yes, but he's busy. He's busy. So, Lynn, when you're not so busy, are you, are you not busy? When, when you're not busy, come back over. Okay. okay. All right. Well, you know, we do need to talk about uh, Five Napkins on Broadway and 84th Street. It's a really fabulous restaurant. It is um, 8.30, and it's still hopping busy here. Yeah, you can hear um, but the it, sound but it's in a, the background. It's also a, it's a total neighborhood place. Just people come in and hang, hang out at the bar. They come every night and have their usual, you know, they know the bartender's name. They know the manager's name. Um, the decor is very um, industrial chic yep. um, and cool and it's... you got meat hooks over the bar. we got good food here. I guess if you don't behave, you get stuck on a meat hook. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't seen that happen. The hanging up there. <laughs> and we usually have hamburger. We have the five napkins hamburger. We do, we do, we do. We usually uh, have that. We don't a, have to. And though. a pile of onion rings. Yeah. Really good onion rings. Yeah, very good onion rings. And that's good about it. Good bar food. Really hot, top-notch bar food. A martini, a beer. And, yeah. French fries. You know, what and else? We, and we go home all, all greasified. What else can you ask for? It, life is good on the Upper West Side. It is. And you want you want you want to get a view of what uh, is going on, on the Upper West Side, and 
five napkins and come over to 83rd Street and Broadway. 84th. 84th Street and Broadway. You go to 83rd, you'll, you'll, you can visit my doctor. Just walk north, north a little bit. My doctor is like right next here. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. nice. I think everybody wants to know that. You know, well, you know what you want? I, if you give me $10, I'll tell you what kind of doctor it is. <laughs> I'll kind of out, I'll, no, I'll, I'll lock myself. No, no, you're supposed to not tell. You're supposed to not tell. You, I'm supposed to give you money so that you don't no, talk about something. I'm supposed to give somebody. you money so you don't tell them, but you don't know which doctor is over here. I don't. You, you have okay, it's your urologist. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, you're so wrong. Okay. No, it's, it's another doctor. I don't even know. You go to My urologist you is on don't the east side. You don't share with me like what, what's going on with your doctors. And, oh, well. And, okay. And you don't... Then I'm okay. I don't have to pay you anything. No, no, I don't right. know anything. Get uh, Parts is great, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. West 72nd Street, uh, just off Broadway, between Broadway and West End Avenue. Very great staff. So cool and friendly and, uh, you know, delicious food and lots uh, an amazing choice in beers. You can also buy beers to go. You can buy them, you know, they have a license to sell beers. Um, it's a cool place. It's Gephardt's on West 72nd Street. Go. You'll have a great time. And we should make about $20 for that. <laughs> we just advertised Gephardt's and we advertised Man, five you're really napkins. into monetizing this. I think at $20 think from being here, pushy. $20 from them, $40, <laughs> we can go to the movie across the street. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's about what it costs. And, and maybe a popcorn. Sure. No, we couldn't get popcorn. No, we'd have to sneak our own popcorn in. But that's right. what we'd like anyway. Right. I'm trying the olive now. All right. I'm very salty. Yeah, so you have to be careful about bar olives. You don't bring, you mean, bring your own olives. It, once you've had the Casa Telegrano, you don't want to go back. Well, we, we ought to let, I mean, um, maybe I'm you're, gonna you're, we're in touch with the manager here I'm going to bring my own olives in. I think we ought to tell the manager. Because you've been emailing him to get permission to do this uh Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, so recording. now I'm going to start uh, critiquing, you know, not that. I'm not going to do that. Well, I'm not going to tell him what olives to buy, Al. Why not? I'll bring. I'll, okay. And if he doesn't, we can like we can blackmail him. <laughs> I think that's worth fifteen dollars. <laughs> we can tell. We can like. I'm okay. gonna say I'm going to edit that Let's piece. Let's see. In. Where can we go with this? Where, I think where? we can blackmail each other. Somebody's I think you already to, did. Right. I don't know if we're going to get Lynn, sweetheart. I don't know. I think we should just order something and chill. Well, I think when when he, when we order, we'll we'll get him. All right. We'll right. get him. You you talk to him and I'll uh, I'll hold the mic. And I'm gonna tell him that it, that if he doesn't if, we, if he doesn't talk to us, we're gonna say nasty things about him unless he pays us twenty bucks. He's <laughs> a he's a bartender. I'm gonna give him a break. Okay, how many years or how yeah. many days have you worked here? So I've been yeah. here yeah, yeah. for fourteen months now. Yeah, I just had fourteen months. Fourteen months and yeah. How do you like it? And I've been bartending though for like five. Five years. Um, I bartended at Outback before here. Okay. Um, in okay. Arizona, though. Oh, yeah. Arizona. You're from Arizona? Yep. yep. But you know now. West you Phoenix, very far out west. So it's a small, like, little subset of Phoenix called Lynchfield Park. Okay. Lynchfield, do you do any lynchings there? What's that? Any lynching? <laughs> not that I know of. Not that you know of. <laughs> well, are you, you're not just a bar. I mean, you're not a bartender only. Right. I actually go to school for social work as well. Oh, wow. You're going um, to school. So you came to New York City to go to school? Um, my husband's in um, musical theater. That's what oh, brought us to New York. Oh, so he you brought you. You came here because of him. Oh, yes. he, yeah. he yeah. pulled you by 
by your hair. hair. Kicking yeah. and screaming. Trip. Yeah. She she that's, she came to New York because I was an actor. And yeah, same deal then. And that's yeah. what I said. I said I will not live in New York. <laughs> I will not have children in New York City. I will not do it. That mirrors what I said. And that literally. was now I, have, now I have a grandchild. Oh, yeah. cute. That's a great story. 30, 35 years later. Thirty-eight. Yeah, thirty-eight. Okay. Nine, right, nine, right. thirty-nine. Where are you going what to school? What year is it? I go on um, a distance learning program through uh, Western New Mexico University. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you go online? Yeah. Oh, we, so our son-in-law does that. Able, like, the flexibility is nice for here, so I get to... You're really busy, so we don't want to keep you. Uh, we just yeah. want to order because yeah, we're hungry. We came to a restaurant to eat, not just a drink. Okay, we'll have the five napkins burger and the stack of um, onion rings, and we want French fries too. And which, what was the last part? The French fries and as French well. Fries. You got it. Do you want the onion rings out first? Or yes, all please. Together? Onion rings out first. Yes, please. The five napkin burger. How would you like it cooked? Medium rare. Medium rare, and then French fries with that. Yes, please. You got it. I'll put that right in. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Lynn, Lynn has served us before, and in fact, when we came in, he actually remembered us, which is which um, was which amazing. is wonderful. It's like. It's like a neighborhood bar. It is a neighborhood bar. Okay, everybody. This is Bar Crow Radio. We're going to head over to um, Gephardt's, and we're going to be talking to Richard Fife about uh, the recent election and the winning uh, election by Robert Jackson. Here All we right. Go. Here we go. Here we go. See you at Gephardt's. Here we're now at uh, Gephardt's. Howdy, honey. Hi. How you doing, <laughs> sweetheart? With us today is Richard Fife, the campaign manager of the successful primary bid by Robert Jackson for state senator of the 31st Senatorial District. We will be talking about the former city council person and now Democratic nominee for that Senate seat. But first, Richard Fife has been helping Democrats get elected since he worked for the Hugh Carey re-election campaign for the New York governorship in 1978 and for Carl McCall, the first, as some media says, serious black candidate for governor in 2002. Mr. Fife was a volunteer for the Obama's first presidential campaign, and in 2009 worked to shore up Governor David Patterson's falling popularity. I hope I got all that right. <laughs> if not, you can, uh, you can Richard, Richard, <laughs> Richard Fife can tell me. Thank you very much for uh, coming on Bar Crawl Radio. I, I, I think uh, my first question is, why would anyone get into politics? Well, you know, when I got into politics, I grew up in the 60s. I grew up on the Upper West Side, and it was a way to make a difference. And uh, where, where did you live on the Upper West Side? Uh, 62nd Street. Grew up, worked, lived my whole life on the Upper West Side. Where'd you go to school? I went to uh, Columbia Grammar, then Horace Mann. Well, nice. Well, so you've always been here. You've never left. Never left. Do you still live on the Upper West Side? I live on 79th Street now. So okay. I, mo I moved almost a mile. You, you didn't have to walk too far to get to. Uh, to get parts. Yeah. No, so I could have a number of beers and be able to walk home. Exactly. <laughs> so, so how did you get involved in politics? Well, my family had been involved in politics, particularly in the anti-war movement, working with Gene McCarthy when he ran for president. I was 12, 13 at the time and kind of got involved and interested. And it was a way, uh, there was a lot going on then, a lot of people getting involved uh, against the war, civil rights movement, and a lot of interesting kind of idealistic battles going on yep. and uh, I start, got involved as a kid carrying petitions, uh, handing out leaflets and then after college I went to work right away for a, 
person named David Garth, who's one of the legends of the political business, mm -hmm. who had a media consulting business advising candidates all over the country and started there. And one of the great things about politics is a business where there's not a lot of bureaucracy. It, if you could do the job, they give you the job. If all yeah. of a sudden you're a kid out of college and they like the press release you're writing, right. they're going to give you the press releases to write and they're not going to worry that this guy's been doing it 10 years or he's your senior. They want you to do it. And so right. if, you, if you work hard and you have some ideas, you were able to get ahead a lot. And so I, uh, I enjoyed that. It right. must have been a really inspiring time. It was, and frankly, this time's inspiring too. And I think as, you know, bringing up to Robert Jackson, one of the exciting parts about this were the number of volunteers, the number of people who've got involved, who maybe hadn't done much before Donald Trump became president and woke up and said, we have to do something. And they saw in their backyard, they had a state senator who was elected as a Democrat, who then empowered the Trump supporting Republicans, the state Senate, and they said they want to do something. And we had people who worked day and night uh, on the phones, handing out stuff, going door to door. And that's what made the campaign both successful and exciting. You know, and I, I want to talk about Alcantara and, and her yeah. connection to the IDC and Definitely. the fight, the fight to, to get her out. A lot of us are very happy about that. Uh, I just wanted to go back quickly because I know you had worked on the Patterson campaign uh, in worked, uh, 2009. I, I, what actually, was your... Well, let's not skip over Barack Obama, which really was right, real, another yes. exciting time in let's, this. Let's talk about that. Um, uh, you, you were involved with that campaign, his I, first campaign. I was involved campaign. that, and I, I ran the New York effort uh, up until the convention, and it was at a time that all the elected and infrastructure, political infrastructure of New York was with Hillary Clinton, who was the sitting senator at the time. Right. And so you really had... Uh, the people supporting Obama, we had a couple elected officials, but really people who were just inspired by him and, w and wanted to work. And so it became both a very inspiring campaign, both at start here in New York and then obviously as it was successful. So yeah. you must have met him, right? I met him a number of times, yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm sure. What was he like? He, he was, uh, you know, one of the things that struck me about him, one of the first times I met him was I put together an early morning breakfast with a number of elected officials in New York. And it was a round table, and, and he didn't know exactly who the people were at the table, elected officials. He had some briefing on them. And he sat there and listened and gave a little talk about what, his campaign. And the first question out was a question uh, uh, from a, uh, one of the elected officials who asked about an issue and, and advice on what you need to do. And most any other politician I had worked with at the time would have basically agreed with him, not totally, but said, no, that's a good point. We have to look at that. And Obama said, no, that's not what we need to do in this election. And was willing to uh, conf not confront, but uh, disagree with this local official and not j just try to uh, see what he could say to get the endorsement, but would just talk straight and honestly in this room. And I. And, and I think that quality of, uh, try, of being a leader who really wants to lead is not changing positions for the audience, but is, uh, is once was building a movement, I think, was, very, was like a first signal to me of how, uh, what kind of leader he would be. Did he get the endorsement? Of, of that elected official, no. No? Oh. He got a number of people in that room, not all of them. Most of them, frankly, stuck with uh, Hillary Clinton, but... Uh, we built a strong operation in New York who 
did well in the primary. Uh, New York's primary was proportional, so we did well enough in every district to get uh, a, a good share of the delegates, and that was enough uh, to keep propelling his campaign forward. He, wow. seemed, he seemed from this end, from the far away end of being a very authentic person. Uh, I, I, we don't get that from our president, but that, you know, when you were actually with a person there, who, uh, as you say, had his own opinions and was willing to talk about them and, and, and knew uh, what his opinions were. And especially now, looking at the president we had, the certainly intelligence, the grace, respect for the office, respect for what he was doing. The history of the uh, office. Uh, came through yeah. and right. uh, is what's missing right now, whether besides the policy issues, which I'm in total disagreement with the president, it's the total disrespect for the country and the, and the, the office of the presidency, right. which is so disturbing. Right. How did you get involved with the Jackson campaign? Well, I've known Robert for a long time. Uh, back when I was running Carl McCall's campaign for, for governor uh, in 2002, was right around the same time Robert was involved in the fight for uh, the campaign for fiscal equity, which was the, for, to uh, change the school funding formula that was treating the kids. That was a big part of his uh, coming up as a, as a politi politician. Yeah. Well, he, you know, frankly, he started off not being a politician. He didn't, he's not someone he worked who had unions. the history of, I want to run for office, now what do I do? Yeah. It, he started as a parent activist. His kids were in school at uh, PS 187 in Washington Heights. He got involved in, in his school got involved in the school board. He was elected president of the school board. And as president of the school board, he looked and he said, our kids are getting cheated. We have to do something about it. And you know, he met with the board, he met with a lawyer, and said, this is not right. Uh, every year, the, the children are losing the funding, you are not retrievable. Right, and, right. So and he sued the state. He sued the state. First, the lawyer said, you can't do that. People said he was crazy, you, you know, suing the state, and uh, he said, no, we got, we got to do something. This is what we got to do, and they sued the state. Uh, they won first, and uh, was taken to the appellate court. First court case, he walked from his home in Washington Heights to the, to the courthouse. I read about that, 100, in, in, 150 in, miles. Well, first in Manhattan, he said, well, if it goes to the appeals court, I'm going to walk to the courthouse in Albany. I don't know if he thought it through when he said it, but he, <laughs> he, he actually walked. And then, so he, he led a walk of 150 miles to the courthouse in Albany. How long wow. did that take him? Uh, it was uh, seven days. Wow. Oh my God. So they stayed at hotels at night and. Yeah, and uh, you know, walked it and mapped it out and uh, had rallies in different areas at schoolhouses where we're missing funding. To, and it was all to build support for the case. Right. And, and he won the case, or his group won the case. After 13 years, uh, Elliot Spitzer, when he was governor, settled the suit. Uh, it meant uh, $16 billion for the children of Say New again, York. Six. $16 billion with a B. Wow. Uh, it was $11 billion, $11 billion in, uh, in uh, capital funds and $5 billion in operating funds, and, uh, which was a big win. When the state in 2008, 2009 was going through the fiscal problems, they, they decided to lengthen out mm -hmm. the payments that that was mandated by the formula to pay off uh, the, the payments. And what happened was when the state went back in the black, they said, well, now pay the money. Yeah, yeah, come and, uh, pay the, up. The, the state didn't pay, and they went back to court in 2014 for the $4.3 billion that are still owed. And this and, is under Governor Cuomo's This is under leadership. Governor Cuomo now. And in fact, the state assembly voted 
to pay it out over two years. And last year in the state Senate, when it came up for a vote, Marisol Alcantara and the IDC walked out on the vote because wow. they, they didn't want to vote no and be on record voting against money for our children's schools, but they couldn't go against the Republican allies and vote yes and have it passed and, and, uh, and disrupt the Republican budget. So they walked out, and so the money is still owed. And uh, It's still owed. It's hopeful now with Robert Jackson in the state Senate uh, with a win in November, push this through. Uh, that it that it will be an interesting moment on the floor of the Senate when this money comes exactly. up. Exactly. And the original plaintiff, Robert Jackson, is there on the floor, and exactly. I think it's a little harder to deny he, at that point. He won. They, they he won the case. He was awarded that. I mean, not him, but the the, the children of New York City were awarded that. That's crazy. This is Bar Crawl Radio, and we're talking to Richard Fife, campaign manager for Robert Jackson, who won the 2018 Democratic primary for the state Senate in the 31st District. Can, can, wow. can we talk a little about the man, Robert Jackson? Sure. Um, he is a Muslim. Uh, was, was he always a Muslim, or was this a choice that he made? I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be, I mean it seemed like that'd be something that would be on the forefront, especially today with everything that's going on with our president, the fact that he's, a, 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 I imagine, a practicing Muslim. Uh-huh. Yeah, but okay, but, 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 but you don't know about it. He was a community board uh, six president. Right. That's when he did the uh, suit for, the, for education initiatives. He ran several campaigns uh, for a variety of offices. Well, for two offices. Um, uh, well, first, I mean, from the school board, he was elected to the city council and re-elected uh, three times uh, because of redistrict, uh, because of census redistricting. Back then, there was a two-year term and then to get back online. So. Yeah. Uh, so, so he served 12 years on the city council, right. served as chair of the education committee, served as co-chair of the Black, Latino, and Asian caucus, and uh, had a very strong record on the council. Right. But then he ran for borough president in 2013. He lost that race. Right. I guess you weren't involved with that. I actually was. Okay. Um, what, what was the downfall there? Well, I think, you know, there was four good candidates running. Uh, I think Gail Brewer, who represented the Upper West Side, had a strong base here, mm-hmm. uh, was well-liked, and... Uh, and was doing a good job. And, and, and I think he was doing a good job. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, sometimes you lose, and, uh, and there are more than one good candidate. Right. But then he ran for the state Senate seat, which he's recently won, but he ran twice and lost. That's real determination there. Well, it, I mean, it's also... A, persistence on issues that he cared about that he thought weren't being dealt with on education, on health care, on other issues that, that he's been fighting for. And that, uh, you know, the first time he ran, which was against Adriana Espaillat, who at that time had run twice for Congress and was in the middle of a race for Congress, that was the place for him, and now he is in Congress, uh, that uh, it was time for a new senator. He ran again two years ago, and it was a th- three-way race, and it was a three-way split, almost within 500 votes, the three candidates were. And, and he, he lost won. Alcantara. He lost Alcantara, and uh, with he and Michael Asher uh, split the vote. Yeah. Uh, the it's not uncommon, though. It's not uncommon for people to run for office and lose, you know, some along the way, and then, then they, you know, their momentum, people get to know them, and they, and they start winning. It's and, it, you know, I think, frankly, if... Uh, Michael, if Michael Asher had won that three-way race, I don't think he would have run this time. 
uh, I, you know, it, it had to do with what's happening in the district and right. what people needed. And uh, both Michael Asher and Robert Jackson in the last election both said they would not join the IDC, they would not caucus with the Republicans. After the election and Donald Trump was elected, they, they joined together with a number of community leaders and, and signed a letter asking her to reconsider under the new circumstances, don't join the IDC, it's too important for, for the West Side to have someone who's a, a Democrat, the West Side and Upper Manhattan to have someone who's a Democrat. And she joined the IDC and- We're talking about Alcantara. Right, yes. right, right, right. And she had joined the IDC, and you know, as the as the year started, uh, a number of groups, uh, grassroots groups, and rose up, and, and we've spoken to them on, on our show. Yes, we have. You know, and and Micah and Robert talked a number of times about how can we gi give good representation to this district, and uh, they talked back and forth, and it was, and they decided that Robert was the better candidate to go forward. Uh, given the makeup of the district, given how the race might develop. And, uh, you know, Michael supported Robert on day one and was, our, was perhaps our strongest supporter throughout. It's a great credit to him that he stepped aside in this race uh, and saw the larger issue more than the uh, personal gain of the office. So rather than a three-way race, it became a two-way race. I just wanted to um, ask if you could uh, let our listeners know what IDC is. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people Yeah, I was do just talking to someone here at Gephardt's Bar, and I was saying, well, we're going to be talking Richard Fife, campaign manager Robert Jackson, and, uh, you know, the IDC. He did, the only thing he knew was the IDC. But he didn't know what it was and what it meant. He didn't know me. He didn't know you. <laughs> yeah, in fact, he didn't know Jackson either. Well, he, I mean, he will now. He but, will now, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Oh, I mean, the IDC... I mean, it stands for Independent Democratic Caucus, was a group of senators started by, by Jeff Klein uh, eight years ago. Uh, and originally, it was, it was at a time there was turmoil within the Democratic Caucus, and he started this, this group, of, of, which was then four senators, who then caucused with the Republicans and, and gave them leadership. Uh, two years later, the Democrats gained control of the Senate and, the, and Klein and his group still caucused with the Republicans and gave the Republican minority control of the, of the Senate. What, and, 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 and uh, you know, in a body like the state Senate, control, the leadership is very important. It doesn't mean, so you have 31, 33, you have 30, you have 32, 31. Whoever the, the, the majority leader controls what bills come to the floor. So, so even you could have two-thirds of the body support, let's say, the Reproductive Health Act, or, uh, uh, which would codify Roe v. Wade in New York. Mm -hmm. but, if, but if it can't come to the floor, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Or criminal justice reform, which has widespread support among state senators, but it never gets to the floor because the Republicans don't want it on the floor. So even though you have the votes to pass it, it doesn't get there. And so these- And they these, were in the minority, though. The Republicans were minority elected, but these turncoat Democrats empowered them to control the Senate. So it had a meaning much greater than just say, well, you'll be the leader, but we can still pass things. It meant that bills that were very important to progressive Democrats could not be passed and became more important when Donald Trump was elected president, when we needed to pass legislation really to protect ourselves 
from what Donald Trump is doing. It doesn't quite make sense to me, it never did, why a person like Alcantara, and I think seven or eight others, would be elected as Democrats, middle of the road, you know, little left-leaning, and then move towards the Republicans. The narrative is, is they did it for power. What did they For get? money, for, you know, membership on a committee. Do we know? Well, they did, I mean, they got, they got bigger offices, they got to be chairmen. That's why they of, took it? They say they took it because this was a way to get things done by working bipartisanly. Yep. But frankly, if they wanted to get, they say, well, through this, we passed, we raised the minimum wage to $15. But it was really a watered-down bill raising the minimum wage. Yep. If they were with the Democrats, you would have had a strong full, bill doing the, it. The, the full so, Monty, yeah. So in the end, you really settle for crumbs from the Republicans rather than getting the whole cake if you have Democratic leadership. Right, wow. right, right. Uh, Alcantara did not run what I felt was a really positive campaign. She seemed to really get down on Jackson. Um, if there's anything reason, you know, that right on the top of it, why it didn't vote for her was the IDC, but also she seemed so negative. How, how did you combat that negativity? I mean, she was coming up with some, seemed like ridiculous arguments why Jackson should not be elected. Well, I mean, the strength of our campaign was really people. And we combated it with people on the street. We combated it with people knocking on doors. We combated it with people writing neighbor letters to their neighbor. And, you know, I think... We like had, our co-producer, Alina Larson, who worked with you. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think, you know, I think the, our so-called professional mail that we did was very good. Mm -hmm. But it's not... Any mail, produced mail, is not as strong as getting a letter from your neighbor saying... Mm -hmm. You know, you may not be paying attention, but there's something really important going on in this election in this district, mm -hmm. and that's electing Robert Jackson because our senator turned on us, joined the IDC, empowered the Republicans, and all this stuff is not happening. And people writing those letters, and we did a very concerted effort across the district of people writing these letters to neighbors, of calling their neighbors, and that's powerful. And people at the subway stop, in their buildings, knocking on doors is powerful. And while we had impassioned volunteers telling Robert's story, they had paid workers telling her story. Right. And the ability of a paid worker to tell a story is nowhere near someone who really cares about it. Because uh, the first time when someone asks the question, they know the answer, or they say, well, I'm not sure. Well, let me tell you. And, and I, I, you know, I think so much of the credit for this win goes to people who got involved, people who never been involved and started Indivisible Inwood, Indivisible Harlem, mm -hmm. Action Potluck. Uh, We've, we spoke to Indivisible Harlem. And so many groups who are out there in social media, on the street, every place, telling the story. And it was people talking to people. And that's the strongest communication there is. And uh, you know, it's interesting because the, um, the fact that this is a progressive community, New York City. Especially the I Upper think, West Side. And I, I think that people... Well, uh, upper Manhattan also. Yeah. I, uh -huh. I think the whole district really is. Okay. People were just ignorant about what was going on. So it was, a, it was a, an educational campaign. To, to, that, hey, right. do you know what's going on? No, and frankly, we, we see it looking through the election returns. We can see election districts where we had more activity, how our vote grew from a similar district, which was performed similarly two years ago, and didn't do as well this year because we didn't have as much activity or we didn't have as much coverage there. And so the people make a difference, and that what made it 
both enjoyable to be part of, but also successful to be part of, of yeah. as having all it the It sounds like there. you really enjoy your job. You must have had a great party. It Just was, recently. It, it, it was a good victory night. Yeah. Okay, but... but nice. we, and, and, you know, when I also think uh, the elected officials, despite this Albany deal that, was, that, uh, that Democrats were supposed to get in line behind this, kind of, this phony deal, which I, I thought that people stepped forward, like Scott Stringer, who was a, uh, the first citywide official, to really jump in and say, no, I, I grew up in Washington Heights. I represented the Upper West Side. We're not going to stand for that representing our community. It's wrong that, our, that one of the most progressive areas of the country is represented by, by, a someone, Republican. by someone who's functionally a Republican. Yeah. And so he got involved. Jerry Nadler got involved. Then, then I later, love Jerry Nadler. Then down the road, Corey Johnson and Kirsten Gillibrand. You know, people who, Senator Gillibrand and most senators who don't get involved in primaries really jumped in and uh, were helpful. And, and really endorsed, deserve a lot, they endorsed Robert. Endorsed Doris yeah. Robert and really deserve a lot of credit for getting in. Right. For the last, the last few minutes that we have w with you, uh, Richard, uh, Richard Fife, the campaign manager of Robert Jackson. And by the way, this is a bar crawl radio, and we're coming to you from Gephardt's on West 72nd Street, across the street from the mortuary and down the block from Trader Joe's. Uh, Robert Jackson is probably knocking on wood, going to be elected. What's his agenda when he gets to the Senate? What's the first thing he's going to do? Well, first thing now during the election is electing more Democrats to make sure that Andrea Stewart-Cousins is the majority leader and we have Democratic leadership in the state Senate. Because without that, it becomes, almost, it becomes hard to get anything else done. I think he wants to go there. I mean, education has always been the most important issue to him and, and to be the one to help get the... the uh, the CFE money, finally, money to the public school kids. As, as ordered by own. the court. Uh, I think he wants you know, go and, and pass the New York Health Act, Reproductive Health Act, criminal justice reform, and all these bills that have passed the assembly year after year after year and have been held up in the Senate and get them moving. I think the farm workers bill is very important. Tell us about that. The farm, farm workers in, in New York, by law, can't have a union, don't get overtime, have no days off. It has languished, it's passed the assembly, has languished in the Senate. Senator Alcantara was chairman of the Labor Committee. We thought that was a chance to, to move it forward, but for a year she didn't even have a hearing on it. After a lot of pressure from us in the Daily News, she had a hearing just transferred to, and was transferred to the Agriculture Committee to die. So I think if we have democratic leadership, we can finally pass a piece of legislation that's long overdue and make New York a progressive, the progressive state it should be. The last two programs that we had on Barcore Radio, we were talking to immigrants. Uh, we talked to immigrant lawyer. We, we, we've done some coverage on it. And I believe that Jackson is supporting the DREAM Act and the Liberty Act. Yes, um, very much so. Yeah. Can you talk about that and his support of those acts? Been a longtime supporter of, of both. I mean, both are very important, particularly to the upper Manhattan part of his district. I mean, what you see going on and the assault on immigrants right now from the president is, dis is disgusting. The fright people live with is unconscionable. The way families are being torn apart shouldn't be. And so passing the DREAM Act, giving kids a chance for a good education and to advance, the Liberty Act to make New York a sanctuary state are, are, near, are top of his agenda also. What about small businesses in, on the Upper West Side in Upper Manhattan? Uh, we've talked to Helen Rosenthal about that, and uh, in our neighborhood, more and more of the uh, uh, businesses seem to be corporate, 
Um, is he going to be supporting small business? Yeah, that's a problem throughout the district. It's a problem here on the Upper West Side. It's a problem right through Washington Heights and Inwood. And it was an issue that he championed when he was on the city council. He had sponsored the Small Business Survival Act, which was a way for uh, small business people, when the, when the, the landlord, landlord raised yeah. the rent, to go to binding arbitration to be able to stay in, in, where they are. And where they're, they're a valued part of the neighborhood. And the Absolutely. Quality, and the quality, the characteristics of the neighborhood. And so he had sponsored that. He, in fact, he had pushed it in the city council. And when it was, when it was, when the uh, real estate lobby had kept it bottled up in committee, he filed a, uh, the discharge, uh -huh. which had never, which hadn't been filed in 20 years in the oh, city wow. council of how to get it out. And it was uh, ultimately, he found a creative way to get it out. And it was ultimately not successful in getting out on the floor because the, the leadership didn't want it, yeah. but it was, it was a bill that was originally Ruth Messenger's bill that Robert picked up when he was in the city council and is now coming back and Corey Johnson is moving along a little bit and I think are going to be hearings on uh, uh, this month yeah. uh, on his bill. So that issue of protecting the character of the neighborhood, of helping small businesses not be pushed out of the neighborhood is very important to him and one that was a uh, important part of his council uh, agenda. It yeah, sounds like he's been in the vanguard of quite a few of these progressive movements and the education for the children. We had a, uh, um, a local um, breakfast place we used to go to called Happy Burger, Happy Burger on right. 92nd, 93rd. And we used to go there every They knew us. And it's like, it was it's like this neighborhood place. And I can still see it. I can still see the murals on it. And uh, it was a small business. And they you were... You can still find those places, though, in yeah, New York City. Yeah, I think they're, they're, they're diminishing. But you see them... and I. I frankly remember with Robert uh, uh, during the borough president's race, he was coming up here and was when he was still on the council and pushing it. That he was meeting, talking with Big Nick, uh, uh, Big right, Nick's on Broadway. Right. Sure, uh, I remember. And yeah, stuff, uh, is, that, is stuff. Big Nick still there? No, no, they, it's uh, not. No, no. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean it was there since I grew up, and then oh, it was uh, fantastic. Five, four or five years ago, it was it was it was pushed out. So. Wow, wow. wow. Um, I, I wanted to end up here. Um, by just, I, I, I kind of got to this earlier, but we really didn't get deep into it. Who is Robert Jackson? I mean, you've, you've been spending a lot of time with him. You said uh, the, the hard work has been done. You've won the Democratic uh, primary against Alcantara. And I just wondered if we can get a little idea of who this guy's a man. But before we do that, I want to play a little sound. And this comes from 2013 mayoral race. When Bill Thompson, uh, the former city comptroller, they, he was at a northern Manhattan mayoral forum and, was, uh, and uh, Mr. Jackson uh, got a little upset at him for not introducing him. I'm going to play the sound right now and I'd like to hear a comment from you. Uh, and it is great to be here again. With we start with, with, uh, with Thompson. Uh, elected officials from northern Manhattan who realize that as we work together, we are strong. So it's great to see the senator, it's great to see our new assemblywoman, and it's great to see our council working together. I saw you over there, Bob Jackson. Don't worry about that.
As, as an American hero fighting for our children in our cities. I mean, I got a sense of who the man is. Is, is. is that a fair kind of representation of an aspect of this man's character? I mean, he is someone who's willing to stand up, even if no one else is, and, and speak up for the issue uh, that, that uh, concern him and he thinks needs to highlight. I mean, I think that there was a lot of other stuff going on in that room yeah, at the time, was, if yeah. I remember, and kind you of- You were there. I actually wasn't there, yeah. although I remember the tape, and there was yeah. a lot of tensions among some of the elected officials going on at the time, and in a highly contentious mayoral race that was going on. So I think there's a lot of different things, but you know, Robert's someone with a lot of integrity. He, he's someone who fights for what he believes in. He doesn't do a lot of calculations of what does this mean politically for me if I do this now or this now, or should I? support this person be, because it helps me get ahead. He looks at it, and what he thinks is right, that's what he'll fight for. And I think uh, that's a good quality. Yep, it, it certainly is. Richard Fife, campaign manager for Robert Jackson, just won the, um, the New York Democratic uh, primary for the state senate of the District 31st, 31st District. Congratulations, uh, hard work, and- um, We both voted for him. Well, we both did. I hear Al Alcantara is still running as part of the independent party, but I think she's pretty much out of it. Pretty much out of it. I think she hasn't really done anything to advance her candidacy since election night. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion and hubbub that goes on right around election night and stuff. So what happened or what people tried to do or not, I, you know, I haven't seen her make any real move to run, and I'm hopeful that she doesn't run and we can all move forward as a, uh, and try to unite the community around the lot of issues that needs to get done in, uh, now. As you move forward, are you going to remain as a uh, campaign manager for, for other people or are you going to get I, into, uh, into his no, and work I'll, for Mr. Jackson? I'll still advise uh, campaigns and, and, and other uh, clients and stuff uh, doing public relations and political consulting. Uh, I'll always help Robert when he calls and provide my advice that he could take or not take. Uh, but uh, I don't have any plan to go with the government. Okay. <laughs> you, you, and, you, and certainly not in Albany. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you do what you do, and, you do, and you obviously and you, you do, do it well. well. Thank you very much, Richard Fife, for being on Barrel Crow Radio. It was a great pleasure uh, speaking with you. Maybe we'll have you back and, uh, after um, Mr. Jackson has had a chance to kind of in, embrace the office and see what he's done and get your opinions on that. So thank you again for being on Bar Crawl Radio. Yes, thank you. This has thank, been, uh, thanks like, for having me. It's a lot of fun. This has been Bar Crawl Radio. You can find us on iTunes and Stitchers. Also, we're streaming live from 5 to 6, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Actually, no, every day. Oh, no, every we, day. We own the radio station, so we can, we can do whatever we right. want. Right. But I thought you said we were there specifically... Five to six. Five to six. Monday, Monday Wednesday, Wednesday Friday, Friday, we'll do one show. Right. Tuesday, Thursday, we'll do a different show. Ah, got it. And got also, it. as a perk for those people who want to come to Upper West Side Radio, those programs that are not yet up on iTunes will be playing on Upper West Side Radio. Right. So this, this show will not go up for about a week, but I'm going to start streaming it on Upper West Side Radio on Tuesday and Thursday. Very good. So tell us what you think of the program. 
Email us at barcrawlradio at gmail.com. You, you said you're putting lists together. Yes. Uh, you know, I think Bar Crawl Radio should weigh in on the great places to go in New York City to have uh, different cocktails, margaritas, beer. So we're going to start doing our top ten, but we want help from you. We want to hear what you think. What bars serve your top three favorite margaritas? Yeah, anywhere, not just on the Upper West Side. Right, anywhere in New York City. Right, so we're doing a, a top ten best margarita bars in the city. Right. Good, great. Barcore Radio, we're coming to you from Gephard's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street. Linda Rosenthal, the assembly person who was waving in the window. I thought I recognized her. Why didn't we bring her in? Wow. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll get, we'll get her into Because we'll just come down. Does she drink beer? I don't know if she drinks beer. <laughs>